welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week, we head down south to visit with our friend Matt Barber from Papa Chula's out of Florida. Matt is funny, a great cook, and has a great barbecue business. He's won just about everything there is to win in Florida. He cooks all around the country in both the FBA and KCBS, and his products are some of the best in barbecue. So please join me in welcoming my friend Matt Barber. This episode is brought to you by the Barbecue League. The Barbecue League is the ultimate barbecue experience. Here's why. One small annual investment from you instantly unlocks all 70 plus tell-all recipes, enthusiast recipes, restaurant tours, and more in their unmatched library. This isn't your typical YouTube type content. World champions like Get and Basted, Shake and Bake Barbecue, Heavy Smoke Barbecue, La Pasadita Barbecue, and 913 Barbecue share their full tell-all recipes. No secret is left unsaid, and a new video release is guaranteed every single week of your membership. You'll also see unfiltered looks from all levels of pitmasters during their live competition coverage. And those same pitmasters are accessible through the league's upbeat online community. As soon as you sign up, you'll also have a full arsenal of some of the best discounts in barbecue from brands like Snake River Farms, Blues Hog, Big Papa Smokers, Gunter Wilhelm, Gateway Drum Smokers, and more. The Barbecue League puts on members-only contests throughout the year, hosts live and virtual events, and offers a full-access league lounge at participating events. Listeners to this podcast can receive $10 off of the $100 annual membership this month only by using the code JUNEPITMASTER, all capital letters, all one word, JUNEPITMASTER, on thebarbecueleague.com. We're here today with Mr. Matt Barber from Hot Wachulas, and I'd like to begin this interview with a multiple choice question. Where did we meet? Was it A, the American Royal? Was it B, the Capitol Barbecue Battle in D.C.? Or was it C, somewhere else? It wasn't the Royal. No. I don't think so. I think it was the Royal. But I got to ask you, I'm asking this question because I don't know. Because if it was the Royal, it would have had to have been... Arrowhead, you were driving around on the scooter and I stopped you. <laughs> yeah, but that was... I had probably... I had already cooked in D.C. at that at that point. I'm trying so, to think if I had. Because I think you, I was in D.C., we met in D.C. in line. Yes. That's exactly where we met. And they loaded me in last because they thought I was the fucking ice truck. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get in there until like four in the morning. And I'm like, I was more prepared for that. My brisket wasn't trimmed. I had no power. By the time you got in, I was hammered. I remember that. Then they parked me, box van, by the way, they parked me in front of the IRS freaking building. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to go well. And there were dogs going by sniffing my tires all freaking weekend. <laughs> That's right, because we were sitting out there on, I want to say it was 14th Street. Yeah, it was, it was old loop. It was, it was when it was closer to the White House. Yeah, and and you got out of that truck. 
And I was like, man, that's that's that hot Wachula guy. And I got out of my truck and I was like, I got to meet this guy. And uh, I was like, what in the fuck is he cooking out of? Like, this is something. Apparently the guy from men thought that too. And I like, that guy's some freaking vendor selling something, you know. He's going to push like a, a shopping cart around with like stuffed toys and neon balloon crap. But... <laughs> Well, thanks for being on the show, man. I was sitting there racking my brain going, I can't remember when I met Matt because it's been, a, we've known each other forever now. And yeah. Yeah. it's, I was just like, I can't remember. So I was like, I'm going to pose the question. <laughs> See if- I think it was DC and then it might've been that contest in West Virginia. Almost heaven. That might've been. Maybe. Time. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, because I had the RV then. Yeah. I had Pepper at that point. Yeah. That's so right. But yeah, it, was, it had to have been DC. So, yeah, man, like you and I have had some really good experiences pretty much all over the country. Yes. <laughs> I mean, down at World Food Championships, when I qualified, when I won, you had stayed that Sunday night. Yeah. And the production guy came over to my trailer and he was giving me shit that he was like, you can't take your whole trailer in there. And I was like, that's not the deal. You guys said that we get our trailer. I'm taking my trailer. And the guy kept giving me shit and you walked over and looked at him and said, well, he can cook out of my rig. (laughs) There's the, the 45 foot RV. And the guy was like, we'll take the blue trailer. And I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. You know, we had some good world food championships were good to both of us. You know, we that's the cool when we usually cook together, one of us usually ends up doing really well. And right. And it's always cool, you know, if you're gonna get beat by somebody, you know, you'd rather it be somebody that you you know, you like and you hang out with that you're buzz with, you know, because it's not it's not like oh <laughs> can't believe that guy you know but but when it's somebody that you like and you you know you get along with and you know to see that you're always a a gracious winner and a gracious you know when you don't do well you know and it's uh it always makes it better and i remember we went about 1500 miles north and you flew into lake placid yeah that was fun (laughs) cooking on a bunch of shit that you never cooked on before and and walk away with the gc and everybody's like Who's this guy? And I'm like, yeah, you got to worry about that guy. <laughs> that was fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed that contest a lot. I mean, it was, uh, it reminded me of, of the European contest. And I don't know if it was just the Canadian speaking French all everywhere, but, you know, it just had that laid back community vibe to it, you know, like the contest used to, you know, it used to, everybody was out cooking and having lunch and cooking meals and walking around and, I enjoyed that contest a lot. Of course, uh, the organizer, how can you not like a contest he puts on? (laughs) He's probably, I mean, I love a lot of contest organizers, but I'd pretty much go to war for that guy. (laughs) I mean, there's no better. People tell me like when they watch awards from Lake Placid, because I used to stream awards all the time. If I, I don't do it anymore, but if I, we're going to pick one contest to stream awards from. It would be like Placid. Yeah. Just because it's so funny. Dimitri, if you listen to this, man, I love you and I miss you. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I'm sure they'll have it again next year, you know, so. Well, they're having it this year, but it's going to be Labor Day weekend, and it's super tough to get up there this time. And yeah, just can't do it. It's too close to the Royal, and a lot of a lot going on. But yeah. uh, so I've already, I will tell you a secret admission in that I've already recorded the intro for this podcast, where I describe you as. Uh, one of the nicest guys in barbecue, one of my best friends in barbecue, but also like one of the most accomplished in terms of, you know, you've done a lot in KCBS. You've done a lot, everything there is to do in FBA. And you also have a tremendous product line and a great barbecue business. What do you think has been the biggest turning point in your life as a pit master? There's probably a few. The first one would be how I got started in it. And I actually, I sponsored the team probably back in 2006, 2007. And they were a local Lakeland team. And they were friends of mine. And uh, I would get them sauces and, you know, they'd let me go to their, their sites up a little tent and sell it. And, you know, I'd give them some to sell for the contest I couldn't go to so they could help make some money, you know, buy meats or whatever. So I never cooked barbecue at all. I mean, I had, I had the line of sauces. I mean, I'm a good saucier kind of flavorologist, I guess, but never really cooked a lot of barbecue. So it was about a year later and uh, Johnny Trigg and Rod Gray came and did their uh, pellet indie old school, new school class back when pellet indie was on pellets and uh, John, Johnny Trigg was on the stick burner. So he took that class and and after that class, he's like, I'm not going to use your sauce no more. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I'm going to use what they taught in the class. I'm like, okay. He's like, but you're still going to sponsor me, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to sponsor you. <laughs> he's like, well, you got to be a dick about it. I'm like, what's the whole point of me sponsoring you? It was to promote my sauce. And, you know, he's like, yeah, but I, that's not what's winning. I got to do what's winning. So at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start cooking. I'm going to kick your ass. That's going to be my, my only goal is to cook and beat you. I don't care if you're second to last. I'll be third from last. You know, I don't care how bad you do as long as I'm one spot above it. And, uh, <laughs> that was my goal for like the next few years. And I'm like, I'm, I don't care how I do as long as I beat, you know, beat them guys. And that, that kind of motiv motivated me. And then it, you know, it, it helped me tweak some of my profiles a little bit. But that was kind of what got me into it was wanting to prove that my sauces were good enough on the competition level, you know, I mean, you can have people tell you that they're good. You know, you have family. I mean, thankfully my family is like brutally honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'll tell me when something sucks, but um, I wanted to have proof that my sauces were competition grade, you know, worthy of, of being a, I wanted them to be better than what was out there and right. would be through competition. So, so that was kind of the, the pivotal point where my company kind of switched from being hot sauce and salsas to more barbecue driven. Um, so I would say that was a pretty pivotal point because then once I started doing that and sort of cooking, it kind of changed, changed my path a lot. You know, it's, uh, I went from, you know, doing 
still doing a lot of design work. You know, I still, that was my background. I was a graphic designer. So I was still dabbling on that, but this kind of put me more on, on a path to where I am now, which, you know, I've, I've done the cooking. I've promoted the brand. I've, I've got a pretty recognizable name now and it's, uh, and to think that it was all because of spite, you know, that, that <laughs> I am. but you know, it's, that's just how things, how things worked out. And, and I'm thankful for that. And, you know, had things been different back then, I might, might not have even started cooking, but. Uh, wow. That's, I did not know that you started the company before you started cooking. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a graphic designer at Publix and I did package design and all kinds of stuff, print ads and different. And I actually, I was married at the time and my ex-wife was a designer in the same department. So when we got divorced, I had to get the hell out of there. But I'm not a happy guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, a fan of confrontation, even though that might be my reputation. <laughs> one <laughs> so I try, I try to avoid it as often as possible so I, I i retired from Publix, and i took my retirement and i kind of uh, went into the salsa business because i'd made salsa for friends and for christmas presents and then it got to where people would ask me like hey i'm having a a party over here can you bring sauce over here i'm like yeah so it kind of grew and but it all started from from salsa and then it kind of grew into, you know, my mom wanted me to make barbecue salsa. She's a Georgia girl. So, you know, we had to have some mustard-based products in the house. So I kind of went off of that, kind of made some barbecue sauces that she liked. And then it just kind of grew from there as far as the product line. But, but yeah, it started off as just a sauce, salsa company. And it just kind of huh. primarily a barbecue sauce company. And I didn't then, know that. Yeah, then it grew into, you know co-packing and bottling for other people and and, uh, and competing almost every other weekend so. right because most people especially now today you know you know guys go out there they have some success and competitions and then that's when they come out with a sauce and a rub and stuff but you come at it from a different perspective that's yeah. that's really neat you know that 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 was your driving force into getting into competition well, yeah, one one benefit I think of it too is that I didn't know what people were using. You know, it wasn't mm. like, oh, well, I'm gonna you know, tweak this and mix that with that, or I didn't know what profiles were hitting, what was hot, but what, what what you couldn't do, what what it wasn't supposed to have in it. You know, so you know, even all my barbecues, I mean, every single one of them starts mm. off as my spicy mustard sauce and I just add things to it because um, that was one of the things people would say nope you can't win with no mustard sauce you know, ain't gonna win nothing I'm like I'm like well you just freaking ate that whole bottle of it I'm just like that's not mustard I'm like I make it there's there's more mustard than than, than there is tomato paste but <laughs> uh, so I think that kind of made made my sauces a little bit different just because I didn't know Nobody told me what I needed to be doing at that right. point. Right. Yeah. Sometimes not having that target to kind of work towards, I just kind of cast a broader net and just kind of what stuck, stuck. So. Right on. So when you decided to get into this, into competition barbecue, 
What was one of the most worthwhile investments that you made, especially in the beginning? A nice cooker. So I would say, actually, the first cooker I got, I bought for a hundred bucks. It was an old backwoods party. And I you cooked. got a party for a hundred bucks? Yeah. Oh, it was it was held together with foil with HVAC tape. <laughs> but that thing, I still can't cook a rib as good as I did back then. But but and I cooked everything on it all four categories on a backwoods party uh, and i was in the tent and i had a freaking mercury villager minivan you know slept in a blow-up mattress in the back and i, I started just like everybody else you see in the backyard started you know and uh, i just set little goals for myself to you know okay if i get a a reserve or a grand i'll get another cooker and it's like okay if i win another one i'll get i'll get a landscape trailer <laughs> <laughs> so and I just kind of set little goals for myself and, and it just kind of grew into, all right, you know, if, if I can do this, I'm going to get a, a fifth wheel. And then it just kind of went crazy after that. But, but definitely having a good smoker makes your job a lot easier. You know, it's, it takes, you end up with a better product and a lot less hassle. Um, right. You know, otherwise you're fighting it and, you know, and, until you can cook it the same way tender and perfect four times in a row, you're, you're going to end up chasing your tail. So, uh, Right. And th that's the thing. Like when you say a good cooker, that can be defined a lot of ways. I think it's, it's more a cooker that you're comfortable with and that, you know, right. Or that you can learn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, something that you can, you, you can figure out what the hot spots are or what, what shelf works for what, and you know, how your time, you know, it's better to cook hot and fast on this cooker and low and slow on that one or you know there's all kinds of stuff that you, that you can work on but just having that initial decent quality smoke if i would have started off with like a walmart little stick burner piece of crap i you know i probably would have given up <laughs> right <laughs> like i'm not making barbecue sauce ever again screw this crap <laughs> Well, those are all expensive things. Do you have a purchase of a hundred dollars or less that's really impacted your barbecue life? I would say the most important tool that I have would that qualify. Sure. I would say it's a toothpick. A toothpick. A toothpick. That to me is the most important thing to have at a contest. You know, because you use you're using it to check for tenderness. You know get a brisket or a rib or uh, chicken and pork not so much but and this was an old timer florida guy his, his name was was mike i forgot his last name but his his team back in the day was combat barbecue and uh, he came over to my shop and he'd always talked to me about making a sauce for him but he was so paranoid he never wanted to give his recipe out i'm like dude i'll sign whatever he's like oh i just don't yeah but you make sauce for that guy and i don't like that guy he's gonna come over i'm like but he's like, and I was struggling with brisket and um, like every new cook does. And, and, and he's like, well, I tell you what, he's like, you get you a, a little pack of toothpicks, the pointy kind. And he's like, you take that toothpick, you stick it straight up and down on that brisket and poke it down with your finger. And if you poke it down, it don't hurt your finger. That bitch is done. <laughs> so that's what I started doing. I stick that toothpick down, poke press it down and, and then when I press it down I'd move it to another spot and I just hit that thing like 
all right, pull it off. Freaking night and day difference, you know. You know, because you know, usually if you got your thermo pin, you know, you're putting your wrist and your arm into it, and it's it's not as sensitive as your fingertip. And uh, so everybody, huh. I, I, man, my brisket it, it blew up, it fell apart, and like, well, what did you check it with the thermo pin? I'm like, put a freaking toothpick in it, it's, you know, it costs a penny. And uh, huh. for me, that makes a huge difference for my, for my brisket, even ribs. It's a lot more uh, tactile response, you know, as opposed to having something metal with a handle on it, you know. But well, that's probably one of the most important things that I. You have. still do that? I still do that. Yeah. Huh. Even, even like with an A9, you know, it's those Australian briskets. If you. You got to wait till that whole sucker pops because if it's tight in one corner. That it grows. You'd think it would continue to cook and get tender, but it just, it tightens up worse. So you know, I'll just wait. Once it hits probably two ten, I'll pull the probe out, and then I'm just checking it every fifteen minutes with the toothpick. You know, huh. and there's always that one spot you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I should like this. This got this got it. Then then you check the temperature, like, what the hell? It's like two fifteen. It's got it. You know. And then, then all of a sudden, it'll just, whoosh, okay, all right. It breaks, yeah. yeah. Huh. I generally learn a lot on this podcast, but that's a new one. It's a stupid little toothpick, man. It's, uh, but, yeah, that that changed. My brisket scores dramatically changed. And it's, uh, and it's, brisket's one of those weird things, too, like, uh, Back when I started, you know, if you were cooking a prime, you were high cotton. You were you were big money cooking a prime, and you know, cooking a prime, and then cooking an A nine. I mean, I cook those things totally different. I mean, it's the wrap is different, the separation is different. I mean, it's yeah, boiling it's different, and you know, but but still, that toothpick, that toothpick stays. <laughs> That's great! Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. So do you use a lot of technology when you cook? I mean, do you use like any technological tools, apps, programs, anything? I Well, I cook on Rectex for their pellets. And I also cook on my, I'm bringing it back into the arsenal just to get some more smoke and some things. But, um, I've got my own cooker that I designed. Just call it a killer smoker. It's a, it's a reverse flow, similar to a backwoods, um, but the side walls are different. Um, it's a lot more even of a heat. Uh, and I got a flame boss on that to help regulate the flame. Uh, those are pretty much the two. two it's that back I in the mix, huh? Yeah. You know, the, the pork needs that extra oomph. You know? So do ribs now, too. It's just, um, you know, especially the hot and fast stuff, you know, just the flavor profile on the ribs and pork a lot stronger just because you're having all that grease and stuff. Uh, even cooking on my little spaceship Rectex that I've been cooking on now, I still don't get <laughs> that heavy of a penetration of the smoke. I get great color, um, you know, and still the pellet works great for the brisket. You know, I'm not changing that anytime soon, but, um, so, but I am going to bring back the, the charcoal cooker just for some extra. I think part of that too is, you know, with COVID and all the other 
judges cooking more at their, at their house and judges aren't traveling as much. So I think profiles are more regional now and some of the flavors are stronger because they're used to their own cooking. Um, you know, I think when judges traveled everywhere, they were looking for nuances and they're they're more critical about balance and stuff. And now I think it's, it's just more regional uh, for me. And I think just that smoke flavor is more appealing. Yeah. As, as opposed to something like, oh, I get a hint of this or but the rub offsets the smokiness, which reacts with the salty sweet of the sauce and it balances out this. I mean, it's, you know, now it's like, that's good or that's bad. You know, it's, uh, huh. it's, it's just one of those, like if I go to Virginia, I, I don't do good in Virginia. I think that last contest, I was probably the best I've done in Virginia. Um, but I do really good in, in Georgia and Florida. Okay. in parts of South Carolina. Um, but then, you know, and, and same with other people, but it seems like the Texas guys got something figured out because they're kicking everybody's ass wherever the hell they go. Right now they are. So, uh, and I think part of that's, you know, some of the smokiness, you know, some of the, some of that. No, I, I agree with what you said about the judges and that's, man, when did you get smart? <laughs> I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> <laughs> So do you, uh, let's switch gears a little bit because I think barbecue people are some of the most superstitious people out there. Do you have a lot of superstitions or habits or rituals or routines that you have to have or do during a competition? Well, I'll go the first rule, like for Florida, for FBA, um, you can't have pizza on a Friday night or Friday period. Because down here, uh, whoever wins grand champion buys pizza for whoever stays Saturday night. So you want to make sure you're the one buying pizza. So you don't want to already have pizza. Then you're to overload. So it became bad luck to uh, to eat pizza on Friday because you want to be the one buying it Saturday. <laughs> uh, I don't really have any, like, I'm bringing it back, mainly because I haven't cooked in a while. But it, it used to be taquitos and chocolate milk for dinner every Friday night. I mean, just the frozen, you know, I'd wrap them up and fall and throw them in the cooker and, you know, <laughs> dip them in some salsa and just, and chocolate milk of all things. It was totally disgusting, but you know, I did that like 2015 when I was on the roll and I'm like, I need to bring that back. I need to bring back the and chocolate milk. And uh, so I think the next, next week we have a contest in the, here in my hometown. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna break out the old taquitos you know, that's disgusting. I know it's totally gross, but <laughs> totally. <laughs> if it works, I'm expecting to see some some Facebook posts with some taquitos in your trailer. <laughs> There's not a more Imperial Polk County thing I think than what you just said: taquitos and chocolate milk. <laughs> but I don't have any. Uh, <laughs> I don't have like a well for awards. I have. You know, like I'll have, I got this necklace I'll wear. Uh, of course, you have to have a certain shirt. You know, you might want to carry a certain color chair that you sat in, you know, but it's, it's not as bad as some. Uh, 
the only time it gets bad is when somebody else knows what your little rituals are and they harass you about it, like or call you out, like Tim Malloy. Oh, wrong color chair. Ain't gonna win today. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but nothing crazy. I mean, I, uh, you know, I I like to wear a certain hat. It's a Papa Joe's hat. Uh, yep. But it's uh, nothing real crazy. That's cool. You know, but it's uh, oh, I, I do have to sit behind Tim Malloy. If he's if he's at a contest with me, I, you have to sit behind him. And walk. <laughs> Tim Malloy, that's somebody so, I should have on this. Have, so, are you a music guy when you cook? Yeah, I have a pretty diverse playlist. Uh, and it, it actually grew, I think I started it at the World Food, and I've just kind of been adding to it. I mean, there's a mix of like the National or or uh, I say Bon Iver. I know people say Bone there, but I shop at Target, so I say Bon Iver. But, and it goes, there's some like rap stuff in there, there's some Mickey Avalon. Uh, there's Mickey some, uh, Avalon alternative. There's <laughs> Mickey Avalon. <laughs> it's hilarious. You should look at it. Uh, I will. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a mix of stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's that's usually my Saturday playlist is when I crank that up about nine o'clock after after the nine nine a.m. shot. The playlist gets put on. So. That's cool. That's cool. So. You're a busy guy, dude. You've got this crazy business. You're bottling for a lot of people. Is your competition planning the week before? Is it the same every week? Do you try and do stuff at the same time, or do you just kind of get to it whenever you can? You know, it, it, I just get to it when I can. I mean, usually I'm this boss of the wall, last minute stuff. I mean, I'm not trimming anything ahead of time. Uh, you know, everything gets trimmed on site. I mean, I'm not trimming chicken. I'm not buying 20 packs of chicken and picking out the best 12. Or I'm buying two, two 10 packs at Publix, throwing them in the cooler. You know, the ribs I get in Tampa, you know, pork is commodity, the bricks are under anything Pensacola, the bricks are topic. Um, but now, pretty much, it's Thursday's my get together day, and it's uh, kind of load everything up into the RV and get out or it gets too late, you know, and if it's, if it's like the, for the Royal, I'm going to leave probably Monday. Yeah. You know, myself some, some time, but usually if it's a long trip, uh, like if it was a DC or somewhere, I'd probably leave Wednesday night. You're definitely a road warrior. Yeah. It's, I have to put, you know, 30,000 miles on the RV every year. This small, but you know, cooking thirty something a year. Have to. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, who would you say has impacted your life the most in competition and barbecue? I mean, a lot of people have. I mean, I, I, you know, that's been one of the great things about competing and cooking. Is you know, I mean, you, you've had a huge impact on on me and things that I do and 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 how I try to be like Luke. Oh, shut up. 
But, you know, I mean, but everybody has an impact. And, you know, there are certain qualities that certain people that you see that you admire, that you like, that you want to emulate. Uh, but probably for barbecue, there was a guy, Norm Spradlin. Uh, huh. He was from Georgia. He had a barbecue sauce called Dumplin' Valley. And he had a cook team called Dumplin' Valley. He used to cook a lot back, I mean, probably back in, like, the 80s. And, uh, and he was just, you know, old, just typical Georgia Southern barbecue guy. And he would always come over and come to the shop and just hang out and BS a little bit. And, and uh, they'd tell me, well, he said, well, you need to be doing some of this and you need to be doing this. And he's like, and one thing I remember, he came to a, it was probably Plant City. He came to the contest and, uh, he looked at my backwoods party and I had freaking temperature probes, you know, magnets all over the freaking front of it. And he's like, you know, you get rid of all those thermometers and crap off the front of that thing. You might know what you're doing. And he just walked away. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, and it took me a few years to realize how right he was because it wants you to learn that it's not a temperature thing anymore. It's a feel. He didn't say it that way, but I mean, I took it as an insult, but you know, it was one of those things that I got, it clicked a few years later. I'm like, you know, and, uh, he's just, he passed away a few years ago and, and, uh, he, he ended up, uh, I ended, inducted him into the FBA hall of fame. He wasn't there to get it, but his family came out and, uh, it was, just, cool. a, it was just a special person to me and meant a lot. And, you know, I, I wish he could have seen how far I've come since then, but, uh, you know, he was just one of those, those kind of grandpa barbecue guys that, you know, you, uh, you want to do well for them and, and you know, make them proud. And, and he's, I mean, this last week, I think he popped up on, and, and it was like a good job on that GC, you know, it was a post from him and, and it was, uh, it was it's tough. It's tough seeing stuff like that because you know I, you know I just know how uh, he would, uh, how proud he would be just to see where I, how far I've come. But uh, yeah, had a huge impact. And, and uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of people like that. But you know, the fact that he's gone, I mean, it's you still want to do good for you. But you know, you, sometimes you wish they were there to so you could see how happy they would be. You know? Right. Right. And then tell you how to get to the next step. That's a big deal too. Yeah. But yeah, so, but there's a, there's a lot, I mean, you know, a lot of people I've met have impacted me and, and, you know, some of the great people that you meet, you know, just kind of stick around and uh, you know, they end up making your life better, you know, outside of barbecue as well. So. Yeah. When you hear the word successful in terms of barbecue, who's the first person that comes to mind? Don't say Tim Malloy. <laughs> 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 you know, I would say as far as successful with barbecue, I would have to go with Myron. Yeah. For me, I mean, he's, I mean, there's, there are a lot, but you know, he, I mean, he hits so many markets. I mean, he's got smokers, he's got sauce, he's got cooking classes, he's got restaurants, he's got cookbooks, he's got, I mean, there's, there's nothing barbecue related that he, he hasn't had his hands involved with and, and done well with. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't knock anything that he's done. I mean, he's, 
just won Memphis in May. I mean, it's uh, uh, and he's the freaking mayor of Unadilla, Georgia. <laughs> I mean, right. What in the world? <laughs> but, but yeah, so I think, you know, and, and I think he's a good model. I mean, there are a lot of really successful barbecue people out there, whether it's a boss line or a restaurant or, or you know, he's he's one of the ones that you would want to compare yourself to. You know, as as What's the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you? You know, I would say it would be the travel to Europe, you know, going international. I mean, that going to Italy, Slovenia, Romania. I mean, all these places that I that I get to go because of barbecue. And you know, it's, it's not like they weren't places that I didn't have on my list of where I would have liked to have gone. But it's like barbecue just kind of opened up this door. <laughs> They just gave me the opportunity. And the amazing thing about it is you go over there and they are everyone there at a contest or associated with the, with the contest is overwhelmingly excited about American culture and American food. And they remind you how you were when you first started in, in barbecue, where it was, it was, Anytime you got a call, you, you're jumping up and down, and, and every, you know, everything was wide open. Nobody had, everybody was cooking out of tents. Everybody was walking around eating each other's food, and, you know. And it's, and when you go over there, it just was, you know, you might have 30 teams, but you've got 20 different countries, you know, that are there. And they've got their own drink, their own beer, their own cheese, their own little boards of stuff, their own shots of it, and, and they party yeah it's like it's like, it's like <laughs> over there's like a trip a drinking trip around epcot you know <laughs> uh, but it's uh but being able to, to travel and, and go overseas in europe and italy and, and see different parts of the world just because of barbecue it's been, uh, it's been a huge gift and uh i've definitely missed not going last year uh, and i can't wait to start going back it kind of it reminds me why why I continue to do it. You know, sometimes it becomes a job, but when I go over there, I, I, they remind me that you know I should be enjoying myself a hell, hell of a lot more because <laughs> uh, they're having a blast and and, uh, and it it's it I don't know it's just a great experience and I, I think more teams should go cooking. Just uh, I don't care if, if you think you'll do well or you think you get ass kicked. Uh, just go over there and have fun, cook on some weird crap, and just soak it up. You know, I think it's uh, it's a huge reminder to us, uh, you know, that how important barbecue is to American culture. I mean, it's it's what we're famous for. I mean, it's like um, pizza it's like and I mean, it's and to have have people thousands of miles away wanting to know how you cook a barbecue chicken leg is really cool. I, I just never would have thought that barbecue would have taken me to, to those kind of places. <laughs> kind of yeah, man. Well, I'll, I'll be completely honest that you inspired, I mean, pre COVID Kim and I were planning our first trip to Europe to cook. 
Yeah. And uh, we were going to go over to England and cook Scott Lane's contest, Miss Piggy. Yeah. Uh, UK, we were going to cook their contest in uh, Leicester. And uh, of course, that all got screwed up. And but you know, we've we've met a lot of the teams from Europe that have come over to cook the Royal and World Food, and yeah. it, it's hopefully twenty twenty two. That's something that I want to put back on the calendar. Absolutely, come come up to Italy with me. We'll do a double class. Oh, <laughs> and kick some ants. Is that the ice one? Oh. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is cold. cold. Was that a formal invitation? I just want to have that on the record. Put it down. (laughs) The hot Wachula rusted must. The hot Wachula rusted Mustang class. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Rusted Mustang, folks. You yeah. can find it at any major barbecue supplier that you're looking at. <laughs> Man, bring it. I mean, I, I want to do, like I, last year I was supposed to hit up Amsterdam. Yeah. I was going to be the, and hit two contests back to back. And there was supposed to be a, there was a double that was going to be in Rome. And I missed. And I want to hit up Australia. Maybe do the Puerto Rico one if they have that again. And some more in Europe and, I don't know that Kim will let me and you go to Amsterdam together. <laughs> we'll, we'll hire us a chaperone. We'll need one. <laughs> oh gosh. Let, dude, thank you so much for spending some time uh, with me today. And I've been excited about this interview for a while, but now we get to my favorite part, the rapid fire questions. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you ready? I think so. All right. Hit so me. what do you what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? You know, I don't know if it bothers me or upsets me, but I don't like seeing so much of it. <laughs> I uh-huh. can't seeing so much barbecue stuff on my feed, but um, <laughs> I don't think that that's probably the only thing. I mean, I, it's not that anything upsets me. It's just like that. You know, I mean, I, I do I do some posts to promote my sauces and you know I'll put pictures of stuff out. And, you know, I don't really care what you're having for lunch. You know. <laughs> that's uh, fair. That's that's more of an indictment of social media in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but, it, but there's nothing about barbecue that that I see out there that I despise or that really grates me. I mean, sometimes some of the photos, you know, from people trying are kind of cringeworthy. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes people can be a little bit, well, just the Facebook judgmental stuff about it and rather than um, being supportive and, and constructive. You know. Right. But, and I think that kind of could be a little detrimental to somebody's, you know, that's starting out. I mean, if, if we had Facebook and I, I Back when I first started you know, putting pictures out, you know, I'd have, I'd have quit. Well, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> I, I think some of that just gets a little bit, a little bit crazy. Uh, I definitely think it's this huge. It's definitely a helpful tool, you know, for a new team starting out because um, there's a ton of you know back when we we first started, you know, there weren't pictures and stuff, and, you know, 
nobody knew what a money muscle was back in the day. And nobody was trimming knuckles off of chicken thighs for men. <laughs> uh, but that, that'd be the only thing that dry, that kind of aggravates me is just, you know, how some of the Facebook stuff can get a little bit too critical and somebody's just trying. Yeah. Uh, you can be a little bit more helpful and constructive without, you know, <laughs> without des destroying somebody's confidence. Uh, yeah. Well, that's probably it. I mean, nothing. Okay. Well, that I, I'm friends with too many dudes. I'm not accepting any more friend requests from any more dudes. I, I'm, I'm stocked full of dudes in my, in my friends list. So if you send me one and you, and I don't, well, so. I'm going to go no comment on that one. <laughs> I'm, well, it's a good thing we're not live. My phone will be going off right now. <laughs> what is one of your favorite pre, during, or post-competition meals? You know, I could eat sushi every day. So if there's a sushi place near a contest, I'll go. Um, there's actually a great place in Augusta with a They've got like five of them. It's called Taco Sushi. So it has tacos, which are awesome, and sushi, which is just as awesome at the same place. So huh. uh, that would be at either either or sushi. Uh, okay. That would be my, my go-to. Are you cooking Aiken, South Carolina? I believe so. When is that? August. I'm sure I am. All right. You're taking it because Augusta's right there. You're taking me to the taco sushi place. Yeah. I think there's one in Aiken. Oh, sweet. We're doing that. But okay. That is good. Actually, I think the one in Aiken is the best one. Okay. Yeah. I went there last year. So, but yeah, definitely, definitely go. All right. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? No. I don't. I don't, no. have, I don't have a go-to gift. I don't have. You don't give people salsa. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I do. But that's kind of that's, I've worn that. I've worn that out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I think all of my friends have gotten pretty much every flavor and every other assortment of. You know. Um. No, I don't. I don't think I have like a go-to. I mean, there's always alcohol or something, if you know, but I don't really have the gift that I did. I need to. Huh. I'm a I'm a lousy friend. If you hadn't figured that out, <laughs> I think you should just start giving out rusted Mustangs to people, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> oh, that joke will never die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions, what would it say and why? Like, like being deep and profound. I sure. Would, I would probably say it's okay to not be okay with something. Just don't be a dick about it. <laughs> wow. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, I did hear an, an, a quote. I think I heard it like a day or two ago. And I never heard it before. I'm surprised I hadn't. But it it was really good. And it, it just kind of hit me. And it, I think it was a Mark Twain quote. And it was, uh, 
there's two most important days of your life. The day you're born and the day you realize why. Huh. That blew my mind. So that's my goal from now on, trying to figure out the why. So I'm searching for it. So hopefully I'll find the why. Wow, that's cool, man. Normally we don't end on such a deep note, but I like it. Hey, man, you know, you got to diversify. You know, you got to, I'm multi dimensional, Matt. <laughs> You're super deep, Matt. Super deep. <laughs> the, barbarian, the barbarian poet. Oh, Matty the Barbarian. It's the best nickname I've ever given in, bar in barbecue. <laughs> people were like why do you call him that i'm like why don't you jesus this is a, that's an easy one get in time you'll see why all right my friend well thank you for being on and tell people where they can find you online will do brother I, just go to uh hotwatchulas.com that or hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. It's Hot Wachulas. Check out some of my photos. <laughs> <laughs> and ugly box pictures. So you can, you know, really kill me. But, uh, but yeah, just check me out there. Follow me. Like it. Very cool. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. We're going to talk more about this Italy thing. <laughs> Absolutely, That's... man. Let me know. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC, all rights reserved, copyright 2021. OBS,